that's like the best thing of old maid is when you're so sly and then they take it from you and you're like, I fucking own you. I gave you the maid. Also, I, how mean is that? That it's like the worst thing in the world. You have the old woman who's no good for sex or childbearing. woman. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a cesspool for spoilers, if you haven't seen the new movie, Ready or Not, tune out and tune back in once you've seen it or else we're going to spoil the heck out of it. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at We Explain Movies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off with some movies that we watched this week, move on to some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, then we're going to close out with some watch list ads and recommendations. What did we watch this week, you guys? We watched the Netflix uh, miniseries, Unbelievable. It's a completely true story. Wow. Down to so many facts. Really? That they included. Um, and it turns out it was based on a, a Pulitzer Prize-winning article. Um, about Marie Adler, and like, so I went and I read it, and it was really long. Is Marie Caitlin Deaver? Yes. Okay. Um, and that's actually just a, it's a pseudonym. It's it's not a real name. Oh. Um, to like protect her anonymity. Yeah. And just, oh my goodness, just the, the degree to which it is unbelievable, and the degree to just which they handled it so well, and they really told a story that was so, oh goodness, I'm trying to form thoughts on it. What do you think, Kimmy? Yeah, I thought it was... Great. I loved how well-rounded every character was. Me, me and Courtney, we did a lot of discussion, like, as we watched it and stuff oh, like that. Yeah, lots of pausing. And um, if, if nobody knows what this is, it's a brand-new miniseries on Netflix about the case of a serial rapist. These two female detectives who go on the hunt for the perpetrator. And Spanning states and years and... Yes. The first accusation against him um, by Marie Adler, who's Caitlin Deaver, and uh, she's pretty much bullied by police into to going back right. and saying none of it happened. Does and, she is she the protagonist or no? It's like three protagonists. Yeah, okay. it follows like two different stories. Okay. And I'm just looking at Courtney while I'm watching it, and like, is that allowed? Are are cops allowed to do that? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> that doesn't seem like how they should do it. And yeah. that's the plot of the show. <laughs> and yeah. Then, it goes later, like three years later, um, and how the women detectives deal with this exact same situation, and I'm just like, bravo. Never send a man to do a woman's job. <laughs> yeah, goodness. Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette, not only are their characters phenomenal, but those two women just yeah. oh, hats, are, hats yeah. off. Powerhouse. Powerhouse yeah. women who really told an amazing story and yeah and Merritt Weaver is a delight and just all of them together because uh, we've talked on this podcast about when we watch movies written and directed by men that feature like rape yeah and just how indelicately it's handled and how for shock value it is and that's not what this was at all especially because this came from a true story and just a matter of of bringing certain things to light and of showing what it actually takes to to solve a crime like that and mm -hmm. so loved it loved it so much Ooh. Caitlin Deaver rocks too. Like I hope she just keeps Those getting more and good more stuff. They're actresses. all good actresses. Yep. It's not time for recommendations yet, but my recommendation for this week is going to be Merritt Weaver's Emmy Award acceptance speech. Say, <laughs> we should bring that up because that was a joy to watch. Yes. Yeah, so here she comes. She's going to get one next year, and it's going to be just as good. I bet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
That's really all I watched. I didn't watch anything else. I mean, that's a big commitment, so it makes sense. And it was well, we great. watched it all in like one day, pretty much. <laughs> Still, <laughs> it's like a whole we day. Yeah. What's gonna be next? You can't. Yeah. can't it's stop so now. enticing and it's so scary, and you you don't want to to pause and sleep on a story like that. Yeah. You wanna you wanna know what happens. Mm-hmm. You wanna feel some sense of peace. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we watched. Um. Well, I didn't watch very much. I watched it chapter two for a second time because Dakota hadn't seen it. Um. We went to the fancy movie theater to go see it. Uh-huh. Uh, I I told Courtney this, but I liked it probably about the same because there were more things that I picked up on that I liked. I was like, "Ooh, this thing I didn't notice." Like, um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna b- briefly spoil it chapter two. So if someone hasn't seen it, I'm just gonna spoil something that I feel like has probably trounced its way on the internet enough for people to know about it anyway. <laughs> There's some really cool stuff to notice about. Um, Eddie and Richie. Oh, like, really? Regards to just, like, I look at things differently. Like, there is an interaction between them at the Chinese restaurant where it's like, hmm, knowing what I know, I think of that differently. Like, when he talks about him being married and stuff. Oh, it's, yes, I remember that part. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I thought that was really fun. And just other things like that where there's little clues or maybe other callbacks I just missed the first time but then there were I also said to her that there were some other things I picked up on that I disliked so mm-hmm. I kind of felt the same the second time I just picked up more on both sides overall I do enjoy that film it's and fucking Bill Hader steals the show for me like <laughs> he's the funniest one and the one that makes me the most I mean he got me in the water at the end oh, emotional yeah so yeah. good and then the other movie that I watched <laughs> so Listeners, it was my birthday yesterday. Yay. By the time you listen to this, it won't have been yesterday. It was my birthday last year. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, earlier. And, Courtney, can you tell them what you got me? Because it, it ties into yeah. the movie I just watched. Do so, you know about this, Kimmy? I don't know. No, Kimmy's It's really cute. You. I got Kayleen three DVDs, but they're currently still in wrapping paper, so she can't see what DVDs they are. And on the front of each one is a little card that says what the genre is, what the average rating is, and who she should watch it with. And then it also has a little quote that she can fill in the answer to once it's finished. But basically the rules are that she's going on a blind date with a movie. So she knows what the genre will be and what the rating is, but once she decides that she's going to open it, she has to sit down and watch it. So she's not allowed to open it and Mm -hmm. be like... Ah, it's yeah, ma. So it's I watched ma. ma today. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> you watched ma. Yeah, I had to. She had to. I bought her ma, so she had to watch it because she opened it. And so yeah, there were rules with the person. Yeah, how, how was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the average rating was a six. Yeah, I feel like. I think honestly, I would probably give it a five, which okay. isn't that much lower than a six. Yeah. Um, it was it was funny like to watch it. But it was not good. <laughs> and it was, like, intense, but I, I never was really scared. I was just, there was a lot of gross things, like, where I was like, ah, I wish I hadn't watched that. But nothing, like, scarring. Yeah, I don't know. Octavia Spencer's fucking scary. She did a really good job of being super it's scary. because she's an amazing actress. Yeah, yeah. she was funny. Yeah, um, something. She'll they, do it. My sister, we, like, one of the few times we went to the movies or something, she that trailer came on and she goes, Why would she do that? <laughs> like why would she take that like, role? Yeah. <laughs> uh mm. so the the quote that I gave you for Ma was so she, there's like a fun thing where she has to fill in the blank afterwards of what she thought of the movie. So the quote was sometimes the loneliest people 
And I said, after you watch it, tell me what you think the rest of that quote should be. <laughs> and you said... Uh, so, spoilers, I said, sometimes the loneliest people will kidnap you 30 years later and murder you. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. She's got two more movies to watch. Yeah, and one of them I guessed because the... Yeah, <laughs> I made it too obvious. Oh, no. She guessed it, what it was. Said, it said, you must watch this with Courtney. I was like, interesting. Either that's something she really wants to see or it's bad. It said the average rating was a three. So I was like, all right, she wants to watch it with me because it's bad. And then the quote was religious. And I was like, is it God's Not Dead too?" <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to find out what the end of that quote will be because I said, and the Lord said, let there be. So let there be Melissa Joan Hart. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so that, that one I know oh, yeah. for sure, but I haven't opened it. Um, and then the other one is a feel-good movie, so mm-hmm. we'll see what that one means. That you can watch by yourself, or with Kimmy, or with... You gave me a lot of options I gave you a one. lot of options. I think you and Dakota might really like it, too. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, that's what I watched this week. Um, I don't think there was anything else that interesting to say about it. It's worth a watch. It was just, like, there's a lot to pick at. <laughs> Maybe Kimmy and I will borrow it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you roasting it, and you just keep going... What? <laughs> what? what? Like that. <laughs> I think you'd be really mad at it. Oh, and listeners, she pointed at me for that first part and Kimmy for the what? <laughs> what? All right, so let's go on to our sweet. movie. It's sure and sweet. Yeah. It's been a, well, it's also because we're going to do our rap soon, so technically we have all watched other things, but like we yeah. can't talk about them. Yeah, so. time for the rap. We're busy over here podcasting away. So, questions. Kimmy and I saw Ready or Not, starring mm-hmm. Samara Weaving, and we came up with some questions for all three of us. Courtney will be the one on the listening side. Mm-hmm. This week. Yes. Yes. So, you want to do question number one? The first question is, name a character in a movie who is a woman who gets swept up into a situation where she has to suddenly become a badass. Mm-hmm. And does it successfully. Yes. It's very yeah. successful. Yes. Right. Who wants to start? I have an honorable mention for mine because um, it might be a little bit on the end. We are deciding in um, choosing these answers if it should be a woman who's been trained in something or if she decided to choose something. So this woman did choose this path and she did make the decision to go all the way to this island full of dinosaurs. So oh. my honorable mention is Dr. Ellie Sattler. Um, That's because, fair, because yeah, she didn't know what she was scientist. getting into. And then by the end of it, you know, her leg is all not on. She's... She's turning all the power back on, but oh, what's right next to her is a velociraptor. This is Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> it's Jurassic Park. Anyways, uh, so she goes to that island full of dinosaurs and she kicks ass. And what's great about that movie is that uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum is the one who ends up being sexualized. And that yeah. was actually his choice. Like, she's in there and she's, you know, doing all the work. She's, she's making sure that all the... Um, like, the power gets back on, and she's on the grid and everything, and she's in communication with Alan and whatnot, and he's there lounging with his shirt open, yeah. and he's mm-hmm. glistening. So, love that. Yeah. The 90s. What a time. Uh, my actual answer is a duo, because they're mother-daughter. It is Meg and Sarah Altman from Panagram. Cool, yeah. Courtney. That's a good one. Because, That's a good pick. Because what, what are you going to do if suddenly there's... Jared Leto in your house. <laughs> I always forget Jared Leto. Whoa, Leto's it's Jared Leto. It's Jared Leto. Aww. And a couple other And Forrest Whitaker and somebody else. I've never seen Panic Room. I have it. It's really good. We should all watch it. Hear, oh, yeah. So I won't spoil too much, but basically, you know, they, their first plan is to get to the Panic Room. And, you you know, they don't just cower in there the entire movie. They 
They do a lot, and um, specifically the mother, Meg, who's played by Jodie Foster, she is definitely thinking outside the panic room, if you will, and <laughs> I was going to say box, I, I was like, it's shaped like a box, and then Kristen Stewart is amazing in it. She's, she's so little. She's so young in it, but she um, she's like one of those kids who's like, Mom, I'm smarter than you. Mom, I have a cool haircut. Yeah. I know what to do, Mom. And I'm so, edgy and not yeah. afraid. They're both just super badass. They're queens. It's phenomenal. Love those two. Good thing they had a panic room for this very situation. Yeah. Good thing that, do you know the plot? Is that these men all break into the house that they bought that morning, like they just moved into it, then they go to sleep that night, and the people who break in, of course, are people from the security company who know what's in the panic room. But as soon as you see men breaking into your house, you run for the panic room, and so they go into it, but it turns out what the people are there to steal is in the panic room. Oh. So they're trying to get in, they're trying to keep them out. Lots of things ensue. It's funny if you look up, like, the description on IMDb, it's like, a divorced woman and her diabetic daughter. And I'm like, there's more to them than that. <laughs> but those are both However, things, that, things that come into play. I was going to say, plot. diabetes is yes. important to the plot. It is mm. important, so. It's really good. Love Panic Room. That's my answer. <laughs> cool. I do want to watch that. Do you want to? watch it with you. It's David Fincher. Yeah. David oh. Fincher. Yeah, we should watch it together, because I have it. And I want to watch it before I put it on my shelf. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> I have... Three answers. One is my main one, but you already are going to know what it is. Um, But honorable mentions, I would like to give to Laurie Strode from Halloween. Nice. Because I just think she's too iconic not to mention. And she is just a teenager who has no idea what she's doing and really shouldn't have survived. And then she does. And obviously now the canon has gone on for so long that she's... A super badass, and she's, like, so much older and still super badass. What a crazy house. Yeah. Can I just say, like, I'm so thankful I don't have to babysit ever again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Seen too many babysitting horrors. Gosh, babysitting, I was fine when the kids were awake and it was daylight, but then afterwards I was like, time to die. Yeah. Because yeah. uh-huh. uh-huh. the houses are so scary. When a stranger calls. Halloween. There, yeah. So many movies where I'm like, I have to, to deal with the kid on top yeah. of being murdered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, such a big thing in the 80s and 90s. They were like, babysitters all die. They die. (laughs) Yeah. That was, like, one of the first scary movies I watched was When a Stranger Calls. That's a good one. I never saw that one, but I remember seeing the trailer all the time. It's terrifying because it can actually happen. (laughs) It's not like The Ring or The Grudge where it's fantastical. It's like someone can literally stalk you in your house when you're babysitting and fucking try to kill you. It's just, like, the the iconicness of... The call's coming from inside your house. (laughs) Yeah. How dick would that be if 911, like, really said it like that? Yeah. Isn't that, like, not allowed? They had to calmly be like, okay, please find a hiding spot. There's somebody in your house. Instead, they just go, you're effed, dude. (laughs) No, you have to get out of there. Yeah. (laughs) Bye, 911. It's up too scary. Yeah. Like in, uh, isn't it romantic? Okay, bye. (laughs) Call back. Uh, and then my second honorable mention is Elizabeth Swan from Pirates oh, of the Caribbean. Mm. Um, I mean, she like Damn, that's a good answer. It's amazing, answer. yeah. I really like that one. It's I can't give it my number one spot because the other movie is a little bit too dear to me. But I was just thinking, like, you know, she was always feisty, of course, Elizabeth, and she's like, I've been seeing pirates since I was a kid. Yeah, like I'm trained in this, but she wasn't. No, uh, she just she was. I think her hubris is what made her survive with everything. She's yeah. like parlay. It's all, I'm trying to, to say, kill that's me, all you idiot. Know is parlay. <laughs> yeah, 
And that little, oh, she's so coy when she pretends to drop the necklace, and she's yeah. like, ooh. <laughs> That's a good part. <laughs> and then, yeah, she just gets so badass, like, she sacrifices I think Jack. Her so main that power is confidence. <laughs> it is. Yeah. She's like, I'm hot, and I could get all of you killed if I wanted. <laughs> yeah. So. And then her second one is a hatred of men. <laughs> yeah. Who aren't Will Turner. <laughs> Um, and then my, my actual answer, which is obvious for me, but is Sarah Connor from Terminator. I, I guess I won't pick a specific one, but the first movie establishes her not being a badass and being thrust into this thing that she doesn't know how to deal with. The father of John Connor ends up having to save her life because she would have straight up died if he didn't come back to stop the Terminator from getting her. Um, but then by the second movie and, you know, even going on into... Movies being made now. She's so badass. Like, geez, how old is she? Like, I think she's in her 60s or 70s. 70s And she just rolls up looking, like, way buffer than me and, like, (laughs) way cooler in this new one that's coming out. So, she's the queen. Okay, yeah. My answers officially suck. (laughs) Oh. I don't really think they even satisfy the question. Because Kimmy hates women. She couldn't I think of a single girl. <laughs> she can't name a single woman. Is that what you said? For a dollar, name a woman. <laughs> Have you guys seen that video? Yeah. No. <laughs> name a woman? It's yeah, on the Billy street, Eichner. And he's talking to this girl, and he just goes, for a dollar, name a woman. And it goes on for a full minute of her being like, what? What? It's like, any woman, any just name woman, a woman. Just name a woman. She goes, name a woman. <laughs> Like, anyone, and she literally just keeps repeating, any woman, any, any woman. That's really funny. (laughs) Okay. This one, I guess, even though I like it better, will be the honorable mention because I think that it is, I'm cheating a little bit. The answer is, uh, my honorable mention is Eowyn from Lord of the Rings. Okay. So, she's, um, a royal person. She doesn't have proper training to be in the war, Mm -hmm. but she does want to fight because it's honorable and everybody else that she loves is fighting in the war and she accidentally ends up killing the witch king you know and it's just like a super badass moment where she rips her helmet off and she's like i'm no man and fucking stabs his fucking face (laughs) i think that's fair because no one expected anything of her that's true yes and she did it secretly Mm -hmm. and i'm not really certain to what extent her um her sword fighting training is supposed to be we see her practicing a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's okay. I mean, eventually, like, Elizabeth Swan gets really good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, my real answer is Ophelia from Pan's Labyrinth. Oh. I haven't seen she's... that, so you have to explain to me what you mean. Ophelia, is, she's a little girl in Pan's Labyrinth, mm-hmm. and um, she lives in the real world where her mother is having a really laborious pregnancy to this new man who's not her father, and he's like a military captain, and he's he's a villain. Mm. He's a bad guy. He's abusive to the little girl and doesn't like her and stuff like that. And she creates kind of like this fantasy world. It's It's been a little while since I've seen it. I'm not sure if we're meant to believe that it's in her head or if it's actually really fantastical. Mm-hmm. But she has to go into this fantastical world and um, complete a couple of tasks. It's so that she can... Be the queen of the underworld or something like that. And the underworld is like a good thing. Oh, okay. And they're fucking scary. They're Mm -hmm. scary tasks. And she's a little girl. She doesn't know how to do any of these things. It's like one of the most traumatizing scenes of my childhood is watching 
the goblin guy, like, with the, with the little eyeballs in oh, his yeah. hands, like, chase after her, like, a creep. Yeah, he chases after her? Oh, it's so scary. Yeah. I, I was like, what? I, I think I watched it with my mom, and I was like, why am I watching this? <laughs> it's also in Spanish. It's a Guillermo del Toro film. It won a shit ton of awards. Yeah. That is my answer, guys. It's a good answer. <laughs> that is a good answer. Question number two. What is a scene in a movie that makes you wince the most? The yuckiest. The most disturbing. So the specific scene is from a movie I've only seen once and probably won't ever see again. I've thought about it. It's available places. And then I'm like, why would I put myself through that? Uh, this movie Tusk. Oh. <laughs> uh, which is A24 of all things. Yeah. It's an A24 I didn't film. know that. And I just don't understand why or how. And you're, you're along for the ride. It's funny. It's ridiculous. It's it's Jake. Jake. John. Jake. Jacob. John. Oh, Long, just, just Justin Long. Long. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going for Jake Johnson. I'm like, I was like, it's it? Johnny Longy. Um, <laughs> Justin Long. Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> yeah. So it's Justin Long who I'm pretty sure he's a podcaster. Oh, no. And he like really? makes fun of this kid on the internet uh, on his podcast. And then the kid, I think, kills himself. Like, that's what spurs the plot, because then he goes to Canada to, like, interview somebody else who, like, I forget why it is he gets to go to Canada to interview somebody, but it just, it starts off with him being a jerk, him being, like, a really reprehensible person, and then he uses that, um, fame of having this podcast to interview some other guy, and the other guy ends up, you know, immediately drugging him and cutting off his legs, and he wakes up. Drugged with his no legs, Yikes. and it's just like why? Which which specific scene? So I'm winced. getting there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm spoiling Tusk for you now That's because fine. basically, and it was revealed in the trailer, is that this old scary man, his entire goal in life is to, um, he loves walruses, and like he claims that at one point he was like saved by a walrus and fell in love huh. with the walrus, and now he's back in the human world and it's like walrus time. Does he want to turn multiple people into walruses? Maybe, but okay. he's he'll start with Jake, okay. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> he'll start with Justin, and so he cuts off his legs, and then over time does other things to him, like like starts changing his face. Gosh, just through by, plastic surgery. Through plastic surgery, but it's like it's like botched, yeah. like, face-off level. <laughs> face-on level? <laughs> I thought face-off was going to be much more scary. Uh, so, yeah, it's just disgusting. And the final shot of him actually becoming a walrus is just haunting, and it made me so sad, and I was, like, clutching both my legs in the theater um, because Justin Long is... It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty stupid looking. He's in a walrus suit, pretty much, but he has become full walrus, and, like, He's never going to be okay again because everything is sewn to, like, his vital organs, and he just had to, like, learn how to swim like a horse. Oh my god, that's the final shot of the film? No, the final shot of the film is Haley Joel Osment visiting him at the zoo. <laughs> they Why is he in a zoo? Because he can never be human again, so he... But, never... like, he's so much a walrus that they don't think he's a human? No, we see his human face and his human eyes looking up at him from his, like, enclosure at the zoo. What I the feel like F? I need to see a visual, you know? <laughs> I'm scared. Is there a visual we can look at? I'll try. <laughs> I kinda wanna get like a live reaction of us looking at visual. Uh, Alright, yeah, I'll keep the I'll keep it recording. Oh gosh, they're gonna feed him a fish. Why is this song playing? I actually don't think it's in the movie. Oh, okay. Ew, what the F? Ew. Ew. What? <laughs> what the What fuck? the F? <laughs> I love 
love you. Oh, gross. Yeah, that's also his best friend and his girlfriend, and now they're together, because he's a walrus. Dude, what the fuck? And he can no longer speak. They feed him a fish, and then they leave. It just looks like... <laughs> oh, and then he stares into the fucking camera. <laughs> Are your guys' worse? Are your guys' lives worse for watching that? I think Ew. so. Why does it look like that? It could have looked so different. Nope, he was turned into a walrus. No, I know, but, like, wh- there's so many stitches. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy wasn't a good scientist. <laughs> he was just a crazy oh, one. dude, what? Yeah, that movie, that fudged me up, guys. Wouldn't was... you rather be dead than that? Oh. <laughs> I think I would rather be dead than that. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're asking some, some deep questions, Kayleen. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, do you want to go next, Kimmy? Make you wince. <laughs> Did. Yeah. yeah. I just, that sparked something new for me, and it's, I don't know if it's, like, wince-worthy necessarily. I feel like you're going to say this one, maybe. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Are you talking about... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, that <laughs> wasn't mine, no. Okay. What? But <laughs> I was, if you weren't going to say it, then I, I was going to oh, say Oh, okay. It. So, but okay. you can say it. So, <laughs> I wasn't going to say this one, and it's, I don't even know if it necessarily makes me wince, it just makes me want to, like, barf on the floor. Is that what we talked about at lunch today? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Why would you talk about this at lunch? <laughs> so, so, Kayleen, like, she got, she got one of those blind DVDs, and it was for a thriller, and so she was like, should Riley and I watch this today? Do you think it was something Riley would like? And I just was messing with her, and I was like, I don't know, Riley, do you feel like watching Human Centipede today? <laughs> That's not what I bought her. I obviously bought her Ma, but yeah, I guess you're choosing Human Centipede. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention this. It just made me think of it, because it's so similar, where it's a mad scientist who's like, I'm going to mess with you, with your body. Um, and, and you know what? Uh, the part that everyone who hasn't seen the movie would think would be the grossest is like when he reveals the Human Centipede, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a disturbing image. Yeah. But I kind of feel like everyone just has that already in their mind now, like, and it looks how you would imagine, so it's like, yeah, it's gross, but the most disturbing part of the movie is when they've been like this for a while, and the doctor's, like, checking up on them, and, like, the, I think it's the middle one, her, like, stitches got infected, oh my god, I feel ill, like, thinking about it, and he, like, pokes at her stitches and a bunch of pus comes out because they're so infected and I was just like we why <laughs> together in England and we were both like what? gross yeah that was gross <laughs> um so my next one is in three billboards um she goes to the dentist because he like was complaining mm. about her or about the billboards uh yeah so Mildred goes to the dentist to get revenge on him for him talking shit about her billboards and she stabs his nail with the drill, and they show it, like, crack his nail and bleed. And I was yeah. just, like, yeah. I thought they would cut away. <laughs> and yeah. they, like, straight, there's, like, a sound. It goes, ugh, ugh. He's clearly in so much pain, and it's just a little <laughs> drill, but it's, like, that's a sweet spot. <laughs> um, and then my number one answer is, and I think we've all, like, briefly talked about this movie before, but in that movie, I know who killed me. Oh. With oh. Lindsay Lohan. This is just one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen that haunts me to this day, is when she's being tortured, her hand is in a block of dry ice. And he lifts up the top slab of dry ice, and her whole <laughs> skin comes up with the dry ice. That's so so gross. gross. <laughs> Don't watch that movie, anyone. No, it's anyone such a waste of time. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, my answer is the part in Black Swan where Natalie Portman peels back her cuticle. Uh, oh. And it goes all the way up her fucking hand. Oh my hand. god, just the fact that it, like, keeps going. I know. And it's like, isn't that everybody's worst nightmare <laughs> that that's gonna fucking happen? Yeah. Especially because I bite my nails. Like, one day I'm gonna bite it and it's just gonna, like, rip my whole thing Yeah. Out. It, like, goes a little bit and I was like, ooh, yuck. And then she keeps fucking going. I'm like, oh, God! Yeah. yeah. They took something so universal so that now every time I, like, have a hangnail, I'm like, Black Swan? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? So then, I guess let's get into the movie and Courtney's predictions on the film. Oh, yeah. The trailer is about a newlywed couple who, is it the day of their marriage? Like, they've just been yes. married? Because she's still in a wedding dress. Yeah. So after their wedding, uh, they go to his parents' house. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Which one, like, who is she getting married to? Uh, some rando. Okay, I don't know why. I thought it was Adam Brody. Every time I watched the trailer, I thought it was Adam Brody. Oh. And then when we're watching the film, I was like, oh, damn, I misinterpreted oh, that. yeah, I saw, like, him in the background of one scene in the trailer, so I was like, guess you're the brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wish you weren't. Wish you were more important. <laughs> um, so she... She's at the the in-laws' house right after she's been married, and they're just having creepy dinner time in a dark room. <laughs> like, red flag, get out of there. <laughs> they're not willing to turn on the lights and have a normal living room leave. Um, after that, they say it's time to play a game. Oh, it's just a silly game, and it's like, just say hide-and-seek. It's not like that phrase is trademarked. <laughs> like, like, we've all played hide-and-seek before, but they make it sound all kind of ritualistic and, like, if you get caught, something's gonna happen. Don't get caught. Again, another red flag. And I, it just makes me sad because I bet the character was just being polite. Yeah. Where it's like, I guess I'll play your game. And if she wins by making it to dawn, mm-hmm. she gets to continue living. Is there a supernatural element to this movie where it's like a curse or something? Uh, that they, like, they'll, they'll turn to dust by dawn or something? Well, I would say going into it, you're not sure. Okay. And as it goes on, we at least know that they believe there is. We, oh. we as the audience don't know if there is, but we know that they believe there is. Okay, I was going to say it'd be kind of interesting if, because um, it seemed like a big family, and I'm assuming it's a lot of people who've married into the family, mm-hmm. if maybe they were killed and so then they become ghosts in the family. Um, mm. And I just, I'm wondering what then the plot or the purpose would be, because then it just seems like you're just adding more ghosts to your... I also, I also don't want you to think that we never find out if it is or isn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe they're just kind of, um, a little bit pagan and thinking if we continue to sacrifice our loved ones, maybe we'll continue to live forever, but that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe by the end of it, she's like, are you stupid? And she kills them all and Mm. then gets out. She's definitely going to live. I feel like her husband is going to be the last to go, and it's going to be heartbreaking, um, but ultimately she has to choose life over him, because he mm. also acts like he's not, he's like, just survive. Maybe at one point he even, like, comes to her and is like, just survive, just mm. live, um, but it's because he's going to turn on her and kill her in front of everybody. He wants her to think that she's, like, still safe with him, even though she's not. Um, there's going to be some funny deaths, like that thing <laughs> with the uh, harpoon gun looked really funny. Totally. It seems like, for some reason, none of them know how to use weapons. Isn't one of them like, how do I work this gun? And it's like, it's a gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe there'll be a candelabra at some point. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of dumb waiter action, which I love. Yeah. Where, yeah, those are oh, so good. I always wanted Such to try in a dumbwaiter. Now yeah. that I'm an adult, I don't think I would ever go in one because now I'm scared. You but can die. <laughs> exactly. As a kid, I was like, I gotta ride in one of those one day, and now yeah. I'm like, you can't get me in there. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty 
cut and dry, but also it's it's a it's a unique own taste kind of movie. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of surprises, and I'm excited to hear them. I'll have more to say at the halfway point, but yeah. for now. Okay, so I'm going to start it off because this is just something that I found out from some research. Okay, so there's this, uh, like, group, this trio called Radio Silence, and they direct movies together as a trio. Is it credited as Radio Silence, the director? It's not. I looked it up, but on every behind-the-scenes thing you'll see, they credit them as, like, Radio Silence directed this film, but on IMDb... Technically, two of them are the directors, and one of them is the producer, but they all switch around. Okay. But they all, like, they, like, they each take a turn behind the camera, and, like, take it to, it's pr- so pretty, cute. pretty cool. That could be us, guys. <laughs> could be us, but you play But you play it. <laughs> I was gonna say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they directed this film. Would you like to start us off, Kimmy? Sure. Are you ready, Courtney? Yes, I'm ready. Ah, okay. yes. It's 1989. Ah, the year I was not born. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the year we didn't exist. It's really dark and scary inside this mansion. It's the Ladomas Mansion. Ladomas. Ladomas. I'm sorry, I don't... I feel like all the characters... Ladomas Mansion. (laughs) (laughs) It's Little... (laughs) It's Little Dumbass Mansion. It's Little Dumbass's birthday. (laughs) Sorry, let me go. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm starting off really well. Okay. <laughs> it's little Daniel and Alex. They're these two little boys. And they're running around this mansion while being followed by a man. Daniel hides Alex in a closet before he's approached by the man. So he's, you know, he's got, he's got him hidden. And the man is pleading with Daniel to help him. And instead, Daniel alerts the rest of the family who's after the man of the guy's presence. And this guy's name is Charles. It's, uh, a bride comes out and she tries to save the man, Charles. And she's crying and they're trying to grab onto each other. But the family drags Charles into a room to his grisly fate. And it says Ladomas on the room. On the two doors okay. that they close behind them. Mm-hmm. Also, the bride kind of wipes away her tears and walks in with the family. Mm. So now, it is 30 years later, which makes us present day 2019. Mm -hmm. We have Alex, which was the one who got uh, hidden in the closet, Mm. and he's now getting married to a woman named Grace, which is Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving is related to somebody famous. Hugo. Yeah. Hugo Weaving, isn't that crazy? Well, Kayleen, I literally almost brought that up to you on our walk over here. Because Kaylee and I were talking about what we are going to do for the rap episode, and I was like, Samara, is her name Weaving? And then I was like, don't bring up Hugo Weaving right now, Courtney. That's oh. not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, like, it's obvious. Daughter? They have the same, uh, uncle. I don't know, I didn't even think about that. So the second one is not really a fun fact, it's just, it'll get you a little bit hyped, because you said, um, that you didn't know, that you were like, some rando plays her husband. It's actually someone in Arrival. He plays Captain Marks. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Anyway, yes, it is that guy. Okay. Um, we now have the ceremony for the wedding. The whole family is gathering. We'll establish who all's in the family in a little bit. But they're, like, taking pictures. They show the ceremony. Cute, whatever. The only weird thing about this is that we have Aunt Helene, who's just this crotchety old grumpy-ass woman who's sitting in the corner really grumpy and, like, death-staring Grace is going on and on to her soon-to-be husband about how nobody in your family likes me. Your mm-hmm. dad definitely doesn't like me. Your aunt Helene for sure doesn't <laughs> like me. She's staring me down. 
And they're like, no, honey, they'll love you. It's going to be fine. We're going to get married. They're really cute together. They're really cute together. She's yeah. really cute in the, the beginning intro of this movie. She's, she's like adorable. She's messing around. She's like t- telling jokes and funny voices. It's really adorable. They cuss a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's got all these cool hand tattoos. Like, can I be Really? Her? Yeah. yeah. Oh. She's cool. Later, uh, Grace and Alex, that the newlyweds, are they're trying to get a little frisky and, you know, leave the family for a minute and kind of hook up. Mm-hmm. They're married. They're, She's it's being exciting. friskier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, trying to tell her something, but they're interrupted by Aunt Helene. She's, like, peeking in on them. It's super scary. <laughs> and he remi- she reminds Alex, hey, you need to join the family downstairs. It's time. Crotchety old voice. Alex, then he has to explain to Grace, you know, it's a little weird, but we have this tradition every new addition to the family, every time someone new becomes a Ladamas family member, you have to join the family for like game night at midnight. Mm-hmm. I like how quickly we're jumping into the plot. Yeah. 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 Feet yeah. First, and it. like, obviously, we're skipping a little bit, but that it's pretty much just goes to it. It's yeah. ready to go. Um, so now we just get this scene where it's kind of establishing everybody who's in the family and also establishing backstory for characters. It's a room full of people. The main people that we have, the people who are actually going to play the game, we've got the two parents, right? So Alex's parents. Okay. They have three kids. So Alex and Daniel, which we already have established. Daniel's Adam Brody. And then there's a sister named Emily. They all have spouses. Of course, as we know, Grace Mm. is the new spouse. Then there's some other characters, but they're not going to play the game. Like the maids and stuff. Yeah, the maids, the butler, and the kids of Emily. So there's all that. We also get this establishment where Grace is talking to her new mother-in-law, and they kind of bond because Grace is an orphan, Mm. and she hasn't really ever had a family that was stable, and so that was one of her biggest reasons for wanting to get married. And Alex was kind of against wanting to get married, and is kind of distant from his family. He doesn't really talk to them, yeah. but she was really pressuring him because she wants to have that. And he has such a big, loving family that she felt she wanted to be a part of it. And that's kind of why they're here. Yeah, the mom says, thank you so much for bringing him back to us. Uh-huh. He's been missing for a while. And the mom is, like, really... She's so nice. She's so nice. And, <laughs> and she's like, I'm just so happy for you to be a, a part of our family. You're great for him. It's lovely. So now we go to the game room where they're like, which is also the scary murder room where it said Ladomas oh. earlier. So we're mm-hmm. going into the Ladomas room and there's this big table, there's candles, it's kind of spooky, but it also just looks like it's straight up out of Clue, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And also, there's tons of taxidermy, there's yeah. like yeah, 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 several yeah. like medieval looking weapons all over the walls mm-hmm. and, and muskets oh, and yeah, stuff I was gonna say like guns. that. Okay. Uh, there's also tons of games everywhere, like just different kinds of board games oh, and so card like games. Oh, so there. Yeah. It, it's, they're all like, they're not fake games, but it's as if these are, so we're going to find out that this is actually, the reason that they're so rich, the Ladomas family, is because they're a gaming empire. Mm-hmm. And so these are all their games. They're like the Hasbro of the movie. That's yes. literally it. Yeah. That's Ooh. what they are. Yeah. Cool. All the games are super vintage looking. Totally. That's and they're fun. all supposedly from their company. We kind of get this backstory, too, where the the dad, so the head of the family, is just telling the tale while they're all sitting around the table of, like, how the tradition goes and that their great-great-grandfather, whoever whoever the fuck started the whole family, the guy who, like, made it big, um, he met this guy named Mr. LaBelle on a ship. And Mr. LaBelle was this really mysterious, 
rich guy, and he was basically like, I forget exactly how it all goes down, but he says, I have this mysterious box. It's like a trick box. It's a trick box, yeah, where you have to like do certain things in order to get it open, and he oh, goes, yeah. if you can get it open by dawn, I will like help you grow your gaming business. And so, as the legend goes, the great-great-grandfather got the box opened, and so this Mr. LaBelle character is the one who made it possible for them to have their gaming empire. So the family passes around the box to each member of the family until it's back at the head. He opens the box and he gives it to Grace. He says, you have to pick a card and that's the game that we're going to play. Everybody's waiting on the edge of their seat. And they also talk about games that they've played in the past. Oh, yeah. Really? So you think other spouses have had to play other games? Yeah, well, Emily's husband says, oh, yeah, I had to play, like, checkers, right? Yeah. So finally, Grace has to pull out the card. She pulls hide and seek. It's the scariest game too. But everybody at the table like suddenly gets really upset <gasps> and really solemn, meaning and... that they really do not always play this game. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah. they don't want to play that one. Because they don't want to play. And they all kind of like take a deep breath and get okay, guys. Um... Alex looks like he's gonna straight ball his eyes out. Yeah. Adam Brody starts drinking a lot. What an amazing plot for a movie. <laughs> I thought it was just these psychos who are like, hide and seek. <laughs> so they, they're like, all right, we uh, we got to play. We have to. And Grace is kind of like, okay, guys, uh, let's do it, whatever. So Yeah, so now, so Grace is like, okay. And they say, you have to stay hidden till dawn. And she's like, no, thank you. Uh, what happens, like, if I don't? He's like then that's the way you win. You have to stay hidden till dawn. She's like, okay. And so Alex tells her, you know, go hide. And Alex stays behind. And she goes and hides in the dumbwaiter, as we see in the trailer. As everyone is gathering all the weapons, Alex is sitting in the room just, like, by himself, not doing anything. And they all agree he doesn't need to participate. That it would be best for everyone if he stays in the Ladomus room. That's so sad. And they have Charity, which is Daniel's wife, keep watch on the door to make sure he doesn't leave the room. Uh, We also find out, they don't really tell us very much about her, but they say that she has nothing to lose and she seems super into this murder shit. Mm-hmm. Charity is? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Adam Brody's wife. She's also fierce as hell. Yeah, him yeah. and her, they seem like the the scary brother and sister mm-hmm. where it's like you, you never know what to expect from them. Mm-hmm. Charity, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also, they established that since this tradition has been around for years and years and years, they're going to turn off the cameras because back in the day, they didn't have cameras in the house. That's cheating. Mm. And they also locked down the whole house. You want to talk about this part? <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. They put a record on. It's like a vintage record, and it's the hide-and-seek song. And it's like a vintage sing-along <laughs> song <laughs> that we, they sing about playing hide and seek and they count and that when the song is over that's like you count it to a hundred. It's a super scary song. I feel like that could have been one of our questions. How like horror movies sometimes use like playful songs Ooh. to be scary. Like in Get Out when it's like round rabbit, round rabbit. Oh, that's like scary <laughs> You know, there's so Tip many that do I knew you were going to say that. That's why I got in with mine first. <laughs> or when we watched Strangers, there was a song in that. Oh, yeah. Or you know yeah. that children's song, I Got Five on it. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peele loves his nursery rhymes, another one. (laughs) Yeah, so this is where we see Emily doing a fat line of coke for the first time. 
And we don't really understand why, but she just goes off to, to do her drugs. She hypes herself up. Yeah. Okay. Woo! Gonna do some killing! Like that. So the family's getting strapped up with all their guns and weapons and stuff. They take all the weapons off the walls and they get all hitched up and ready to start on this murder spree. And they're like, do we really have to do this? We haven't done this in at least several decades. I think the last time they did it was when they were all kids. When they were kids. You know, we probably shouldn't even do it. It's probably not even real. The curse probably isn't even real. The older people in the family say, no, you won't be saying that, you know, when we when we don't complete the murder. Like, we have to do it. The curse is real. And one of the, like, patriarchs of the family is like, I'm pretty sure it's real. It has to be. How else do you explain? And they kind of allude to the fact that there are other families that died in mysterious fires that they think are tied to the curse. Mm. So maybe it's maybe it's older generations of their own family or maybe there's like just a lot of superstition among the rich community, but they they say something along the lines of that fire was uh, like with a repercussion of not obeying a curse. Okay. Cuz this is essentially they're like how Mr. LaBelle said you need to open this box before dawn. They're like we need to give Mr. LaBelle a sacrifice before dawn. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the family goes off to start the hide and seek game and go and find Grace, Alex decides to leave the room and go and find her and warn her about what's going on. And Cherry finds out that he he left the room and she's like, "Oh shit." So she has to go and figure out what to do about that. Um, Charity's, like, a cold-blooded killer. Hmm. She's, like, in her angular haircut, sparkly-ass <laughs> dress. Like, she's ready to get the shit done. So okay. she has to, you know, alert the family that mm-hmm. there's trouble. The reason he was able to get out and what was established earlier in the film through Aunt Helene, like, popping into their room when they were about to bone is that there's a bunch of entryways between all the rooms for the service staff. Nice, okay. Which is, like, why it's easy to maneuver around the house. Grace has had enough of sitting around in the dumbwaiter. <laughs> She's like, all right, that's been long, long enough. How long do you think it was? It's probably like five really or ten minutes. Really not that long. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in hide-and-seek years, that's a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She decides to get out of the uh, dumbwaiter, and she wanders around a little bit before Alex scoops her up and pulls her into a nearby room. And I think she starts to basically say she doesn't want to play anymore, and he's like, shut, shut, shut up, and he pulls her down underneath a bed because they hear Clara, one of the maids, walking around looking for Emily's kids because they've gotten out of bed. So Clara's walking around like, ah, crap, they're supposed to be in bed. And this is when Emily comes in and accidentally murders Clara, one of the mm-hmm. maids. And when that happens, we see that Grace kind of like catches this from the corner of the bed and now sees this dead maid on the floor and she's freaking out, but silently on the other side of the bed with Alex. She's crying and the parents come in and they're like ostracizing Emily for accidentally murdering the maid. And she's basically the reason we saw her do a bunch of coke is because she's going to start accidentally murdering people Mm -hmm. because she's high and she wants to do a good job and impress the family and, and she can't handle the pressure. Anyway, then they end up dragging the maid out of the room. The family kind of talks about while Grace and Alex are listening, like, well, you're you're making it harder for us. Now we gotta find Grace and we gotta kill her. So Grace finds out what the plot is. Got him. And she's obviously horror struck. Alex pulls her into another room. It's like one of those in-between hallway rooms. And he explains to her the truth about 
his family and how he was kind of being undercover um, and he couldn't, you know, alert the family that he knew before the game had started or else, you know, it wouldn't work out. And But now he's got to tell her so that he can help save her. When And he says, when you pull the hide-and-seek card for the Lodomas La La family, that means that they think that they need to hunt down Grace and use her as a sacrifice before dawn so that they can give... It to Mr. LaBelle. So, like, if they pull checkers, it just means you just need to win checkers. Yeah. You, but, like, you don't die. Or there's yeah. not a... Yeah. You no. literally just play checkers. Hide and seek card <laughs> is the kill card. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's as if Mr. LaBelle is like, I need a game. Must right? play a game. Um, Alex also says that he didn't tell her about it because he was scared that she was going to leave him. And I mean, if your family has some weird murder pact with the spirit <laughs> maybe Yeah, maybe you would. He says, I'm gonna go and turn off all the security. I'm gonna turn the cameras back on and I'm gonna uh, unlock all the doors and you have to go through the kitchen and wait there until they open. Oh, that's nice he's helping her. Mm-hmm. Yes. There better not be some twist where he tries to kill her. <laughs> so, um, what I will say, and I'm gonna bring this up again later, but is that he is just such a supportive, especially because he's not the center of the action, Grace is. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's this female lead and that this man is just there to support her while she's trying to survive, just really, I was just so on board for it. I was like, yeah, you be at her beck and call. This is about (laughs) her, bitch. So this is when Grace starts to become a badass. Mm -hmm. She knows what's up. She's like, all right, I'm not about to die today. She takes her heels off and puts on some freaking tennis shoes. Converse, Mm -hmm. right? They're Converse. Yeah. Nice. Um, She also starts to run around and realizes this is impossible because now that she's not wearing heels. She rips her dress. Yeah. Yes. Now that she's not wearing heels, it is too hard to run around on the dress. So she rips the whole bottom of her dress off really crudely and it looks badass. She looks so cool. Yeah. Halloween um, costume, guys? Right? Halloween costume. <laughs> really expensive Halloween costume. <laughs> um, she starts to, she leaves the, they're in kind of like the back, the like servant quarters or whatever, like the, the, the links kitchen. between the all the rooms. Okay. And so she leaves so that she can go find the kitchen because she doesn't know her way through all the back doors of all these rooms. So she leaves to go to the main hallway to get to the kitchen. Second she steps into the main hallway, like four people see her. <laughs> And she's like, ah, titties. This is also that scene from the trailer where you see her close the door and everyone looks at her. Yes. And then, again, cokehead Emily freaking drops the gun on the ground and it starts shooting just randomly. Yeah. And then she's afraid she's going to get shot. Emily is. And then uh, Grace just runs right by her and she's fine. And that's what it looked like in the trailer. I was like, how is she getting by her so fast? <laughs> yeah. This is a little fun fact. The woman who's playing Emily is... Um, Melanie Scrifano, I think that's how you say it. She plays Winona Earp, uh, which is a sci-fi television show, I think. Yeah, I've never watched it. Jillian watches it. Hi, Jillian. Yeah. Hey. Uh, I guess on that show, she's like a gunslinging badass. Mm, that's um, fun. So it's ironic. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> she's not good at guns in this. <laughs> Grace takes a run for it, and everybody realizes that Grace knows the truth now, so it's that much more imperative that they get her quick. Mm-hmm. and bring her to the sacrifice. Oh. Think of, like, how easy it would have been if they literally just found her in the dumbwaiter and shot her. Yeah. You know? Right? Like, I'm that's probably just... how it 
But then again, I yeah. guess 30 years ago, that guy found out and started running, too, so... Right? And so the the repercussions of this is that if she doesn't die, they're all gonna die in a fire? Somehow. That's what they think, yeah. Because yeah. she's gonna start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't start the fire. It was always Grace, because she didn't want to die. <laughs> Mr. LeBay all started the fire. <laughs> We were just dumbasses. It is not our fault. <laughs> Lot of dumbasses. So, <laughs> um, she Grace runs away. She gets herself into another room, and she's found by Daniel Adam Brody. Sexy. Uh, I know he is just so <laughs> sexy. He's like a sweaty kind of like drinker, drinking fucking alcoholic, like loose tie wearing son of a bitch. Yeah, I know Kimmy's seen it, but oh, Jennifer's body. Oh, yeah, that? he's got guy liner for days. Does he really? He plays basically Brendan Urie, and <laughs> he's 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 what spawns the plot. They're this indie rock and roll band, and they decide that all they want to do is make it big, and the only way to do so is to sacrifice a virgin. And Which so, is Amanda Seyfried? No, no, they decide no. to kill Megan Fox and they realize she's not a virgin. Of course not. <laughs> it's like, no, she, wait, she no. tells them that she's a virgin because oh. she thinks that's sexy. And uh, so then they, they go and they sacrifice her. Wait, I thought that she was a virgin just not up the butt. <laughs> no, she says, I'm not a virgin. I'm not even a backdoor virgin thanks <laughs> to that guy over there. Oh. I had to sit on a bag of frozen peas for a week. Wow, Stop you it. know this, this movie really well. <laughs> I used to know what the guy's name was, too. She's like, thanks to Vernon over there, I sat on a bag of frozen peas. Yeah, so she's not a virgin even, kind of. Um, and so then Adam Brody and his band kill her by a waterfall, and then she comes back as a demon, because she wasn't a virgin, and they made, like, a deal with Satan. <laughs> That's why she ends up being a demon? That's Jennifer's what body, babe. F- it's so good. <laughs> Whoa. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, Adam Brody's fucking sexy. Yeah. Yeah, he is. She's scared, obviously. She feels like she's been caught, but Daniel says that he couldn't care less about the hunt, and he gives Grace a couple seconds head start before he starts. I think he's everyone. like, once I finish my whiskey, yeah, then I'll tell him where he went. <laughs> he's like an old timey cowboy man. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, tell the end of my drink. So she books it out of that room now, and he says, guys, guys, in here, in here, and they all come in, and they're like, which way did she go? He's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> he says something really lazy, and they're like. Why didn't you stop her? He's like, I'm drinking. Him and Emily are amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're really funny. Um, now, at this point, they're, like, gathered in this room where Daniel was, and they're all kind of trying to, ha- like, hitch a plan on how to get her. And Emily's husband this whole time has been trying to figure out how to use his crossbow. Yeah. And he's like, bitch, like, I just don't get this. This isn't even fair. And she goes, well, let me try. And so she starts playing with it. And as soon as she does, another maid walks in and gets fucking murdered. <laughs> she gets, like, a crossbow arrow, like, right through the eye. Wow. It's in her mouth. Yeah. Oh, it's in her mouth. Yeah, and she, like. sounds awesome. <laughs> she, like, chokes on the ground for, like, a long time and, like, yeah. keeps interrupting the dad with her yeah. jokes and Aww, stuff like that. That part doesn't sound awesome. The rest well, of and then Helene grabs a giant axe and chops the maid's head's head off so that she can shut the fuck up. It's, like, meant to be gratuitously yeah. okay. bloody. Yeah. I just wanted to make a public service announcement that I hate the aunt. I don't think that she's funny. Helene? Yes. No. Mostly just, like, 
I don't know if it's the actress herself or if it's just how they wanted her to be portrayed, but I just, like, didn't like her at all. I was mm. like, I don't find you funny. I don't find you scary. I think you're a caricature while everyone else in this movie is pretty good and, like, realistic. And not to say she's a bad actress, because she's, like, written to be a caricature, but everyone's, like, 100%, and she just... I was just really bothered by her presence in the movie. Okay. Yeah. Helene suggests to the dad, Tony, that they turn on the cameras so that they can locate Grace. Fuck tradition. Cheating. Yeah. They're kind of like... Yeah, Helene's a cheater. Yeah. Grace finds a huge-ass rifle and a bunch of ammo that she wears across her chest. Ugh. In that so iconic cool. photo. And she hides in the kitchen while Alex is trying to go and turn the cameras on and take off all the locks. Okay. But... The butler is in the kitchen. Steven. Steven the butler. Steven Steven the butler. Thank you. I was like, it needs to be crazier than that. Stevenson. Awesome. Steven plural. Steven. Stevens. That's a butler name. He enters the kitchen to make some tea. And it's like, you know, that really traditional kind of cat and mouse situation where Mm. she has to hide around the island Mm -hmm. every time he turns the corner. You know, he keeps hearing her from behind there. He's, like, wondering what that is. But he's kind of busy humming, like, a classical song and kind of, like, <laughs> so conducting and just having a good time by himself and stuff. Oh, Stevens. Oh, Stevens. <laughs> she maneuvers around and she tries to shoot Stevens. But when he turns around, the gun won't go. And he's like, the ammo was just for show, you stupid idiot. Because it's a stupid idiot. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then she grabs the teapot and smashes it over his face, and he gets really bad burns all over the side of his face, and she escapes him. And I put commentary here because this is when I just start to really fall in love with both the character and the actor playing Alex, because when she smashes this guy in the face, Alex from the control room is like, yes! Like, he's rooting for her. And then it just made me think about how he is the antithesis to Christian in Midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, support your women in horror films. Right. He's just so, like, tells her where to go, like, supports her for being a badass. Christian would have like, been like, I don't know, Danny, figure it out. What do you want from me? <laughs> Christian, they're trying to kill me. And? Well, yeah, I'm fucking get busy, over it, Ask Danny. them why. I have a thesis to write. Jeez. Can you do one thing for me, Danny? (laughs) Oh my god, it's always all about you. Yeah, I'm sure they're trying to kill you. you. What about Christian? (laughs) I don't know if you have a note for this later, but also, um, Samara Weaving has a great scream. I don't have enough for that. No. Her scream is just, like, so good. Yeah. Scream and she does level. it a shit ton. Totally a scream queen. It's just, like, a really guttural, like, voice-cracking shriek. It's, like, you know that she's not holding back. She's yeah. not trying to make it pretty. It's nice. just, it's great. Yeah. Um, I want to be a scream queen. <laughs> Alex succeeds in unlocking the doors and the windows, and Grace manages to get outside. She's outside of the mansion. Alex hears, like, the rest of his family trying to get into the security room where he is. So before they can bust in and get him, he destroys all the cameras. Mm-hmm. And so, what a babe. Yeah. <laughs> Christian would never. <laughs> uh, the family busts in and knocks Alex unconscious. They handcuff Alex in the bedroom and, to prevent him from helping Grace anymore. Yeah. He's like, no, get me out. He's trying to. Handcuffed to, like, a radiator or a bed? No, like, the bed post. 
So, so Grace is outside. She's on like a little, a little ledge or a rooftop of some sort. And she overhears Tony, so the dad, and Helene, the aunt, talking. They're talking about how much Alex has rejected their family and their tradition and how he's like always been the quote good son. And Helene is like, but you know what? I think he's going to come around just like I did when Charles was killed. So Aunt Helene was the bride from 30 years prior. I like her backstory a lot. Isn't that cool? I'm Mm -hmm. sad the actress isn't doing it for you. (laughs) Yeah. That's dope. She's like, I knew my duty. I realized what I had to do, and I did it. Mm -hmm. And he's going to... Why? So you can live a sad life where no one's on fire? (laughs) (laughs) So much more fun when people are on fire. And you're happy. (laughs) She says that Alex is going to accept his fate Mm -hmm. and the rightful place in the family because he when he was younger he saw Mr. LaBelle. They say how can you know like he he didn't and they're like no because he told me he said that he saw it so nobody has seen Mr. LaBelle that's how we know that he is supposed to lead this family um when we're all gone. Yeah so Grace now is like attempting to make her way out into the the front area of the house and she ends up deciding, you know what? I think my dumbwaiter idea was a good idea. I should go back <laughs> in the dumbwaiter. But when she opens the dumbwaiter, she finds the final maid, Dora. And Dora's hiding in the dumbwaiter because she's like, two maids have died, I'm scared. <laughs> Grace is like, I need to hide in there. They're not going to try to kill you. They're trying to kill me. So then Dora is right, like... Just stay away from Emily, Dora. <laughs> right? So then Dora is like, oh, you know what? Ladomas is! She's over here! And she's like, damn it, Dora! And gets angry and tries to shut Dora up. But as Dora is screaming for everyone to come get Grace, oh no, the dumbwaiter starts to close and crushes Dora to death! Wow. Mm -hmm. So now Grace can't hide in there. (laughs) I mean, or get tattled on. Or get tattled on, yeah. Grace finally makes it um, outside of the house again and runs to the stables. She sees the little kid who was out of bed, Georgie, walking around over there and she says, you gotta help me. And the kid draws a gun on her. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And shoots her right through the hands. There's a hole hole right through her hands. Yeah. And she decks the kid in the face. Love with the the bloody hand. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Grace is startled by a goat just then and it um, spooks her so bad that she falls down into one of those like cellar portions of the yeah. of the barn, and she falls. It's like a carcass pit of mm-hmm. dead goats ah. and human corpses and stuff, ah. and it's where all the unlucky family members yeah. have been disposed of. There's that many. There's a lot. Thinking about it in my memory, there's a bunch of goats down there because they talk about sacrificing goats, but there's oh. also like at least five people probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as we have seen in just this movie, there have been side casualties. So who's to say okay, that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. all five aren't just from, like, one Right? Man. Are we adding, like, three to it right now? Yes. Did Stevens we die? three. Uh, Stevens did not die. He just got real burnt. Okay. Yeah. Grace uses the ladder to climb up. She's covered in dirt and, like, guts and blood, and she's yeah. so fucked up and messy now. Oh, she's I love her. <laughs> trying to climb the ladder out of the cellar portion, but it's breaking. It's, like, a really shitty ladder. And she reaches the top of the ladder, and it's starting to break under her feet. She reaches up, and the nail goes right through the hole in her hand. Uh, 
it's the only thing that's holding her up. It's so gross. Ew, is it the hole? Like, yeah, the bullet <laughs> hole. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so that's the wincing moment for you, right? That was one of them, yeah. Oh, okay. that, was, I, that was my wincing Everybody moment. saw it coming. They, like, did an establishing of the nail they sticking did, yeah. up when she fell down. We're like, oh, it's going through a bullet <laughs> hand. It's for sure going through there. Oh, I love that. But it still makes like a like a skin crunching sound because like it's you know There's it's not tendons, tendons exactly. Shit, yeah. It's not like a clean circle, so no. it's like more more insult to and injury. it's holding your one hundred plus pounds of body. Exactly. There's this really comical moment where she it gets really quiet and she has to pull her hand off the nail and she does a little <laughs> more screaming there. It's pretty funny yeah. for how gross it is. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then she gets out and she rips off a piece of her dress and uses it as a bandage around her hand. Yeah. She's so resourceful like that. Dresses are so multi-purpose. I love her. Where's her cell phone? That's a good question. <laughs> you know what? Where it's do you her put wedding your... day. Yeah. She didn't have a Where place do you to put, put your phone when you are getting married? I, you know what? I would leave it in the house, probably. Anyway, um, she runs back outside, manages to break through the front gate, like the whole entrance to the Lodomus mansion, but it's very difficult because there's just one little piece of the gate that's broken, so she, like... She's, like, trying to slip through the bars. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she finishes breaking off that little piece, but then, like, the the edge of the piece she broke off is, like, scraping her skin, and good thing this bitch is skinny, because even with how skinny she is, it still slices her stomach. This is the other cringy part. It's, like, slicing a whole big old slice in her. Like, She's pretty slow. tiny person, too. She's yeah. very tiny, oh. yes. It's like a really long, elongated part where she's like squishing through it and it's dragging through her Uh, skin. And she has to commit or like not go through, Mm -hmm. so she commits. Okay. Um, As she's running away outside trying to get cars to stop for her, finally a car rolls up. Oh shit, it's the butler. Darn it. I just like that we're not super far away from the world, or are we? No. No, No, there's a stranger who doesn't stop for her, so they could have helped her. Um, But nope, instead it's the butler's car, Stevens. He tries to get her, so she runs into the woods, but he comes down there, and so they have a tussle. Kill Stevens! So she strangles his ass with a piece of her dress. (gasps) Wow, this wedding dress. (laughs) And then she steals his car. Oh my gosh! Yes. Ooh, I want to talk about this next part. Just We're not even at the halfway point. Nothing's going to go right in a few minutes. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so, so Grace uh, gets in the car, right? And she, she there's an OnStar button, because they're fancy. So she presses the <laughs> OnStar button. My, my car has OnStar, and it's from 2005. Does it work still? <laughs> oh, I, does, is OnStar still in existence? I don't know. It's, it's probably not the brand OnStar, but I'm a, a 2000s bitch. Because so. you've seen Live for Your Die Hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Please don't make fun of me about it. Kids used to do it when I was little. That's also a line from Live for Your Die Hard. Anyway. The best Die Hard. <laughs> the OnStar agent is talking to her on the, the in the car. And he says, hi, my name is Justin. I never would have recognized this person's voice, but it was like a fun fact. <gasps> Ooh, and it was who a, is it? You're oh, never going to guess. You'll never guess it. <laughs> unless, oh. unless you know him from something I don't. But the only thing I know him from is he's in the way, way back as like... Sam Rockwell's buddy Friend. at the water park. Yeah. Yeah. His name's Nate, uh, Nat Faxon. Okay. 
I don't know him from anything else, but I just thought that was kind of cute. So it's his voice on the on the OnStar thing. Um, you can talk about the rest of this if you want to. Um, she says, Justin, you gotta help me. They're trying to kill me. You gotta phone for help. You gotta get help for me. And he says, okay, just give me one second. And he waits for a little bit, and then he says, oh, I'm sorry. Um, this car was reported stolen, so <laughs> protocol is that I have to shut down the car. And she's like, what? Justin, you <laughs> son of a bitch! And he's just like, I'm sorry, there's like no need for you to uh, cuss on me, ma'am. And she's Justin? like, yeah. And um, the car shuts down, and she's you know, taken to a stop in the car and she's freaking out. <laughs> now Steven finds Grace. Stevens, sorry. <laughs> Stop giving him a basic bitch name. There's an S. <laughs> Stevens finds Grace and he tranks her. He has a trank gun. Tranks her? <laughs> He's a tranquilizer gun. He no, shoots I know, her. but <laughs> that's a street cred term. <laughs> um, I picture him with a British accent. He's like, hello, sir. I've tranked her. Does he have a British accent? I don't remember. He's a butler, Kimmy. <laughs> Good point. Nobody hires American butlers. He drives back towards the mansion while video chatting with the family. <laughs> They're all like on the inner on the FaceTime, like in the car, and he's saying, I've got her, everyone, and he starts playing his orchestral music and he's conducting it in his car. He feels like a champion. Yeah. I did it. I saved the family. The music is okay, super yeah, loud. Yeah. I was just worried I was skipping ahead. Oh. Yes. He's just doing it so drastically and he's not paying attention anymore to what's going on behind him and so as she's waking up the family is all trying to say hey look behind you she's waking up but he doesn't hear so she fucking kicks him really hard in the face and they crash Mm. into the woods i love it yes she crawls out of the car and um daniel is in the woods he kind of uh, decided to leave a little bit earlier. He's like, I'm out. I'm not going to be a part of this. And he leaves. Now he finds her in the woods. And he says, well, I was trying to leave, but now that you're here, uh, I can't really let my family down and this is going to help redeem me. So he knocks her out and takes her back to the mansion. Halfway point? Yep. It's the halfway point. You can just feel it in the air. Yes. Yeah. Alrighty. I feel like my voice... Every time it gets to the halfway point, it sounds like this. <laughs> Probably because every time we get to the halfway point, you go, bear, 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 bear. <laughs> Dang, I feel like I have to make, like, a big risky decision. Like, do I decide to go that the the legend is true or that it's not? And so I think what I'm going to have to do is just go with, like, a more practical route and say that she escapes them in the house. They're probably in that, like, Ladomas room. Once she wakes up, mm-hmm. she's somehow going to get free of it, or Alex is going to get free from his locked up situation. Mm-hmm. Either way, the two of them are going to meet together, and they're going to decide that they're going to end it once and for all by maybe burning the house. Mm-hmm. I know the house is not, like, the source of this power for the family, but maybe, like, that's enough sacrifice for them yeah. somehow. Or it's... I just... Oh, gosh, this is getting me. <laughs> it really makes me wonder what I would be thinking if I were actually watching it as opposed to having it explained mm-hmm. to me. Like, if I would be, like, piecing it together Because, of course, better. there's different, like, clues that we aren't going to tell you yeah. because then it's... Maybe there's just always been a bad egg in the family, and this time around it's Daniel. Mm. Daniel tells his little brother, like, don't you see him? You see Mr. LaBelle? And so it's kind of like he's feeding into this, or they're, they're trying to convince one another, but Daniel's just kind of like on the side of evil and wants to think that this legend is true. So he's like, 
wonder if that's why he's a drinker. Like, like as in he fed him the legend way back when? Yeah, and like, mm. you know, made him think that it was real and that yeah. he saw it. The same way that maybe the dad's brother or family members oh. did the same thing. And then the dad is sisters with this Helene. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> In short, I feel like I have a dichotomy of it's either this or that, yeah. but... I, I mean, choose. there's a lot of stuff where it's like, as you're watching the movie the whole time, you're like, this could go one way or the other. All right, so mm-hmm. if I wrote this movie and I were to end it, mm-hmm. she gets free. She says, I hate you to this whole family, and then is with her hubby, and they just decide to light it on fire. Okay. I don't know why. And then they decide they're going to like start their own life in the not gaming business. Hmm. When they light the house on fire, do you think this is before or after dawn? Oh, <laughs> what? Oh gosh! So if she makes it past dawn, which is really all she has to do, <laughs> Courtney's cogs are going. <laughs> it's not even about her defeating them. It's about just if this girl is alive past dawn, what's gonna happen? She is gonna live past dawn, and the fire's just gonna start. <laughs> so she doesn't even have to kill the whole family. It's just she lives long enough, and then they spontaneously combust, or they all get this look in their eyes where they know it's the end, and then they like go to her and they apologize and they're like, "Our bad." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then they all die separately in different fires. Okay, so when we return from the halfway point, we are in the room with Alex and his mother. Her name is Becky. Same as my mother. And she's trying to reason with him, and she says that she knows he loves Grace, and that at the end of the day, like, family comes first, and that At he the end just... of the night. Oh, <laughs> before dawn. And she's like, you know, you know that, like, at the end of the day, family comes first, like, you gotta stick it out with us. And this scene is really emotional, because mm-hmm. she's playing to... Not even playing. She's not trying to, like, trick him or anything. She just, I think, really honestly wants him to say, like, I love you, Mom. Yes, I choose you first. And he's really emotional because he wants to save his wife, but also, like, of course is upset with what's happening with his family. And as, like, tears are welling up in his eyes, he says that if anything happens to Grace, he will not hesitate to kill her. Becky, Mm. his mom. Mm -hmm. And it's very sad, and they're both really emotional. And I was just, I really, the cast is so strong in this movie. Oh, great. I thought that everybody did a really good job, and mm-hmm. that—that that is, to me, what kept me so intrigued the whole time, especially up until this point, is that they're not just caricatures, it's not just writing on the horror, there's, like, people I care like about. It too archetypal, it sounds yeah. real. Okay. The family places Grace on the altar. It's the game table that they were sitting at at the beginning of the film. They're about to ritual sacrifice her to Mr. LaBelle, okay? They pass around a chalice, and they all drink from it. It's part of the tradition. They're all wearing, like, hoods and shit. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Um, Tony's about to kill Grace, and then they all kind of start coughing. And they all kind of start puking. (laughs) They're all kind of like choking on something, and Daniel... The perfection, anyone? (laughs) (laughs) So many callbacks. Listen to our episodes. (laughs) Do yourselves a favor. Daniel frees Grace. He's kind of been (gasps) two-timing the whole time. Daniel! I know. He frees her from the altar, and for his own sake, for his own sanity, he tries to help her get out of there, but they're found by Charity, his wife. 
and she realizes that he's no longer on the side of the family, and she shoots Daniel in the throat. The throat? <laughs> yes. Um, I think she's probably also a little jealous. Like, why are you protecting some random bitch? Like, you're not going to help murder her with You know your what, Charity? Wife? You're not even a part of this family. You married into it. <laughs> I'm a Latomas now. Yeah. Yeah, you are a Latomas, Charity. <laughs> Grace fights Charity and takes the gun from her. But all the bullets are gone, so she pistol whips Charity. (laughs) (laughs) And Grace tries to help Daniel, but he tells her to go and save yourself as he's choking on his own blood. And it's very sad because Mm -hmm. you you see that he's kind of redeemed himself for all the bad that he's done. He doesn't seem like he's even done that much bad. Like well, he was maybe just like and, when he was a boy, like yeah. technically he's the reason that Charles guy died. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. he's had a hard life. Yeah. Alex breaks free from his cuffs. He's been kind of chipping away at the he- at the footboard for a long time, and he finally right. gets free and gets his cuffs off. He goes and he sees that Daniel is dying on the floor, and he tries to save his brother, but it's too late, and Daniel dies. That's so sad. I mean, I figured when you said he was shot in the throat. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a no-brainer area. Or it could be like all the other movies we've explained where suddenly Alex is a doctor. He stitches his brother's neck right up, and he's fine. Uh, No. He's a man. Grace would do it. Right, right, right. I'm so sorry. Grace is like, I'm a surgeon, don't worry. Well, Alex cries, and he's like a really emotional person. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like... I've seen Arrival. <laughs> Does he cry in that? No. Oh. Um, it's really sad. They're it brothers, sad. and they love each other, And but now he's dead. So, uh, Tony, the dad, busts out. He's done, done with his puking or whatever, and he's like, I'm gonna kill Grace. I hate this bitch. Like... So many people have died now because of her, and he's pissed. And so he's like, I'm going to kill her myself. But she smacks his ass over the head with a lantern that she picks up and drops it on the floor. And guess what? Does it start a fire? (laughs) It starts to catch shit on fire. Yes, Grace. Burn that. Um, So, yeah, now he's knocked out on the ground. And then as she's, you know, just got away from him, now Becky comes in. And now Becky's out for vengeance. Lighter on fire. And so Becky tries to crossbow her ass, but then Grace is a badass and, like, first of all, it wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna hit her, but Grace, like, lunges to catch the arrow. Oh. And it's, like, pretty cool. Freaking Becky, though, jolts over and starts strangling Grace. And Grace is stuck on the ground, and so she, like, starts pulling on, yeah, the table runner. And she can't quite get it, but then finally her fingers grab it, and she yanks it down, and Mr. LaBelle's box falls off. How and big she, is this box? Like a six inches. by four. Is it really heavy? Yes. Uh, it's made out of something heavy. It's thick wood. Okay. Yeah, something dangerous. So it's gonna kill Becky. Yep, she's gonna use that shit to try to bludgeon Becky to death. Okay. And so she uses it to get Becky off of her, and now she's just gone ham. And this is the part in the trailer, too, where she's, like, you can't see who she's bludgeoning in the trailer, but she's, like, Um, I hate this fucking family, and she's screaming and blood is flying everywhere, and mm -hmm. she's just going ham on Becky's face. Alex then comes across the scene and sees Grace, and he's apologizing profusely. I'm so sorry, I need to get you out of here. They have a moment together, and he looks deeply into her, her eyes, and... She looks like she doesn't trust him, though. Yeah. She's, like, tortured now. But he's been tied up this whole time. 
She doesn't really know where he's Don't been. Don't you dare you know? make Alex a bad guy. No, I'm just saying, like, she do- She hasn't been around to see him be sad or anything. She's just very, like... I get it. Yeah. She's traumatized. I get it, yeah. but if you two say he's bad... Well, he sees that Becky is dead on the ground. His mad. Oh. And he, you know, realizes his brother is dead because of her. He says, you probably don't want to be with me after this, do you? And she doesn't answer. And she looks pretty traumatized and afraid of him. Mm-hmm. So he grabs her and yells for his family to come. He's got her. And she's screaming and he's kind of got her in like a headlock like he's he's got her he's got her real good i don't know how to describe my emotions right now. i know i didn't know how to describe my emotions watching it i feel exhausted the, the switch though is like really deserved it's like yeah earned. no it sounds like it yeah. it sounds like he wasn't bad intentioned the right. whole time no. and it just that hurts and, the, yeah course of events has caused you know this inevitable switch over and because because the whole time i was so on his side and because we see so many scenes that establish there's no way that this is a trick. Like, there's no reason for him to root for her in a room alone by himself. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for him to smash cameras, like, so that people can't find her. Yeah. Like, it was never... Look, it was a twist. He was bad the whole time. It was like he it's made a, real a choice in this, in moment. this moment. Which yeah. is great. No one cares about... Like, if you don't want me, I guess I'll stick with my family then. Yeah, because it is his family. It's his yeah. blood relatives. However. Yes. <laughs> it is his sister and her spouse. Yeah. And then his dad. And then, like, I guess his dead brother's spouse. Like, his family's pretty dwindled. They are it pretty is. dwindled, yeah. Like, you're just, you're looking at the spouses at this point. Yeah, Helene's still there. Yeah. <laughs> and she sucks. Yeah. I guess, like Aunt Helene says, though, he kind of realizes his rightful place in leading this family. He's got to make sure that yeah. they carry on because there's so many, so few of them left. I understand, but at what cost? You've got Hasbro money? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I don't know if we said this, but this ritual is, makes them rich, they think. Uh, the, uh, the alternative is they die, so. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like, yeah. I uh, guess the consequences are worth more than the rewards. Yeah. Everyone comes back and they hold Grace down. They're going to finish the ritual. And they leave an empty chair open for Mr. LaBelle to watch. And, oh my gosh, um, do they conjure him? They don't conjure him, they just know that he's there. They're like, he's there. Just as Alex is about to plunge the dagger into his bride, Grace breaks Helene's grip by clawing on her hand, and the dagger goes into her shoulder. And so she's able to get away. Yeah. So she... She freaking rolls off the table, pulls the dagger out of her shoulder, and now she has a weapon. And this part cracked me up because she's not screaming. She gets off the table and she's literally making, like, <laughs> noises. And then I think, like, Alex even tries to come near her and, like, like uh, reason with her. And as he starts to go near her, she goes, <laughs> like, even worse. <laughs> it's just like, oh, God, she's a queen. She yeah. just, everything she does is so she's funny. She's powering through all this. Forget scream queens. She's a, <laughs> she's a queen queen. <laughs> yeah. Then they see that the sun has come up. Meaning it's now too late, and they all recoil like they're vampires, you know, in horror from their impending death. Also, didn't a fire start earlier? Yeah, yes. Okay. It's, I mean, it's a big house. It hasn't gotten to It's them. a giant mansion. Is it know? made of wood? <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing happens. The sun is up and nothing happens. Wow, what a bunch of idiots. <laughs> 
Blaine plans to kill Grace anyway because, you know, she's a witness to all this horrible murder and crime and she knows that they're bad people. I think she might even be like, maybe I'll get her at the last second. Yeah. She's like, she's, yeah, she's yelling at where Mr. LaBelle is supposed to be sitting and she says, no, I believe in it. I believe in the curse. I'm going to make it right. And she grabs an axe and she's headed towards Grace and then she fucking explodes into a bloody pulp. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone kind of, oh my gosh, is Alex going to (laughs) explode? Everyone kind of freaks out and they realize that the curse is true. (laughs) And one by one they explode into bloody messes. Trying to get away, like all the kids explode. Like yeah, the oh, kids that's even really explode. Sad. Emily explodes. The kid is evil, Courtney. We want him to die. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to kill Grace. It's Georgie, that's cute. Fuck Georgie. <laughs> the only one left is Alex, and he yeah, tries explode. Bye. He tries to you know appeal to her now and wheel his way into like Ooh. Grace's forgiveness. The only way that he can survive is if he takes her last name. <laughs> Feminism. <laughs> he marries into her family. That's funny. Um, he's like begging her. He's like begging her for her forgiveness, and she's laughing in his face. She's covered in his family's blood and yeah. exploding parts, and she's yeah. cracking up. <laughs> yeah. And she she hands him her ring back and says she wants a divorce. Yeah. And then he explodes. And then Alex explodes right in front of her. <laughs> oh <my> gosh. <laughs> um. So. We're about to get into, of course, the end of the movie. But Ooh, she right, inherits all their wealth. <laughs> <laughs> but right before I get to that, I just like had a little bit of commentary on this part because ultimately I do like the way that it turned out. I like the twist of like, oh, it's not a real curse. No, it is. Psych. Like, I yeah. thought that was hilarious. However, I just feel like Alex's character could have been handled a little bit more realistically. Like... I'm I'm down with him flipping sides when he realizes she's not going to be with him. Like I'm I'm, I'm there for that. What but, if he actually hadn't flipped sides though, and they were like holding each other lovingly as he exploded? That well, would be that cool. was one of my alternate endings that yeah. I had like kind of wish had happened. Yeah, is that they had decided no, we're going to work it out, and he helps her survive, and then everyone explodes. He explodes, and she's devastated. Yeah, like that that would have been. Mm. I just think that they might not have gone that way because of the tone shift. Like they ultimately wanted to end it on a funny note rather than like a dramatic note. But I think that would have been sick. Why not Um, end it on a dramatic note? You made your audience laugh and have a wild time for a bit. Now it's like, oh, life is fleeting and we're all. I just that's the like what what I'm thinking is probably why they made that choice. Is they're like, no, it's a comedy. See. Um, but then my other thing that I was thinking is just that I just don't really like him trying to weasel his way at the end. Like, no, Grace, love me so that I'll survive. It's like, I kind of wish at that point you just owned it. Like, you already betrayed her. I kind of wish you would, you would like said something douchey and then died. I don't know. I just really didn't like, I don't think he's a weaselly guy. I think he's emotional, mm-hmm. and at the bottom of his heart, he is kind, despite, like, turning on her in the end. Yeah. I just, like, really didn't like that, please, like, save me. I'm like, hell. Those are fair revisions. I don't need that. I, yeah. I support them. Um, I agree with that, too. Like, they set it up for a really realistic shift, but the yeah. end was kind of cheap. Okay. Yeah. For his character. I mean, if, uh, people exploding is as cheap as it gets. Yeah. But that was fun. But, I mean, I get what you're saying with characters. Like, yeah, that's yeah. fun. Develop your characters, though, too. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so then, now that they've all died, this is when the fire starts, it's ablazing now. The fire has spread, the house is really getting, getting good. And so Grace walks outside, but as she's on her way out the room, 
she gets a glimpse of Mr. LaBelle's ghost <gasps> in the fire flames. He looks like exactly how you would imagine. <laughs> oh, he's got a handlebar mustache. Totally, yeah. <laughs> he's got one of those bowler hats. He doesn't have a hat, but he's he's definitely got like one of those pointy goatees yes. and his eyes yeah. flash red. Yeah. And he kind of gives her a salute or something like that. Yeah, he's like, we did it, Is gal. he like a giant face in the sky, like a death No, he's a man. He's the devil, you know? Yeah, he's just sitting in the chair. The chair they left for him to sit in. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Then she walks outside of the burning mansion and she's covered in blood, and there's a rock version of Here Comes the Bride playing. And it's pretty <laughs> badass. It then transitions as she goes to sit on the steps and smoke a cigarette, because she's a badass, into Love Me Tender. And uh, as she's sitting on the steps, the police and the paramedics are showing up to the scene, and an officer says, What happened to you? And she, in between smoking a cigarette, says, In-laws. Uh-huh. End of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little cheesy, but I still liked it. Yeah. The, the, the in-laws line. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that made her whole rating go down. <laughs> it did, it really did. <laughs> um, I'm like already pulling out my, oh my, God, my pen she's to give so me a, eager. To a rating. Uh, there's a couple more fun facts. Do you want to talk about that one? Um, there's, um, some clue parallels in this. It sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, it seems like of the same era. I mean, it's 2019, but it's like a Victorian old-timey house. Uh Uh-huh. And they're all dressed, like, with high collars, at Mm -hmm. least, you know, Helene is and stuff. Even her dress is, like, it's modern, but, like, old-fashioned Yeah, it's lace and stuff like that. It's got a high collar. Emily uses a revolver. Um, Grace strangles the butler. Uh, the ceremonial wine is poisoned, and an axe and a dagger are both used. Also, it, it just is very reminiscent to the vibe of the Clue movie. It mm-hmm. sounds like it. Yeah. Um, and then the last fun fact, which is probably, like, one of the, the biggest ones about the movie, um, just because it's so new that it's hard to find a ton about it, there were, on IMDb, it said there were 17 different versions of Grace's wedding dress, which is true, but I saw, like, because it goes through all these, like, there's the, the real wedding dress, and then there's, like, the ripped bottom wedding That's dress, cool, yeah. and there's, like, the bloody one. So there's 17 different versions of the dress. But not only that, there's also 17 versions for everyone who has to wear them. So there's 17 versions for Samara, 17 versions for the stunt doubles, 17 versions for the body doubles. So wow. there's, like, an ass ton of these wedding dresses mm-hmm. around. Isn't that crazy? That sounds like a continuity nightmare. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Let's rate this. Three, two, one. Cool. A bride and groom. Whoa, your flames are way (laughs) better than mine. Yours looks like a vagina. (laughs) Please, Kimmy, screenshot your flames and we're going to post both of them. (laughs) Kimmy and I both posted, uh, or we both drew flames as our background for the photo. Mine is a bride and groom. Yeah, take a screenshot of yours. Cool, so I gave it a 7. I give it a 7.5. I gave it an 8.5. Love it. Cool. So, so you haven't seen it, Courtney. I haven't seen it. I'm so eager to see it. It sounds like one of those movies that's just right up that Halloween alley. I'm excited yeah. to see it a little closer to October. I wish it came out around then. But I like Adam Brody a lot. Uh, this Samara Weaving is seems like she's creeping up on the Kayleen odometer. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what else she does. And then it's had some some wonderful twists and turns. It's a bummer that I'm not going to get to live them as I watch the movie, but I got to live them now. And yeah. so 
I give it a seven because it sounds rewatchable. It sounds fun. It sounds like it knew what its vibe was. Whereas something like Crawl, <laughs> this is what Crawl should have done. Because Crawl ended in the same way with like a funny mm. thing and a song, but it did not earn it. It needed to be funny along the way. And so maybe I guess the tonal shifts for this wouldn't have worked if it got dramatic by the end. Mm. And it did what it did. So I'm eager to see it. I give it a 7.5, so just a half step above yours. Um, because I liked it. I liked the movie. I don't really have anything bad to say about it except for what I already said about the end. And also that I just kind of wasn't surprised by anything. Oh. They put a lot of stuff in the trailer. Going in, I already knew what I was going to see. I kind of expected a lot of things along the way. I was pleasantly surprised by some. I think they did what they could with a movie like this where it could have been way more predictable than it was. Um, but yeah, I just I just knew what I was getting the whole time and which leaves a lot of some of the um, pleasant surprising out of it, unfortunately. But I still think it warrants a 7.5. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's how I would have felt if I were watching it as opposed to when we do these explanations, I'm always like, don't trick me. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. try to trick me. Yeah. You, you just do feel tricked on the other end of it. So mm-hmm. I wonder what it would have been like to see it. Yeah. Totally. Kayleen. Uh, yeah, I actually almost gave it a 9. I really, really Yay. liked it. And I think initially coming out of it, I wasn't sure how I felt about the third act because I wasn't sure how I felt about him turning bad. I wasn't sure how I felt about them all exploding and the cheesy line of in-laws at the end. But the more that I thought about it, the more I felt things were earned. And yeah, like Kimmy said, I just, there's very few things for me to really pick at and actually dislike. I just think that for what it was and how simplistic it was and like the tone that it took on of being this horror comedy that it still had so much meat on it and things to appreciate like like I said before the yeah. acting and the style and there was just the whole time I was invested and the whole time I thought it was interesting and there's just very very minimal things for me to actually pick out and say that I didn't like. I would totally go watch it again. And Samara Weaving is really creeping up on me. <laughs> and this guy. Yeah. I would like to see this guy in other stuff, because he was amazing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely sounds like one of those movies where the genre is bent, and you thought you were getting something stupid, but it ended up pleasantly surprising you. Yeah. Which is always a treat. Totally. Always. Okay, so let's do our watch list and recommendations for the week. Uh, so my watch list that I'm adding, because we're getting close to Halloween. <laughs> it's already Halloween in my mind. We Look already have, like, orange Surrounded by these lights. I've got As my our cats. boys said, we are the witches. <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk all about our boys right now. So, <laughs> the what I'm adding to my our watch nephews. list. Our nephews. Our nephews. <laughs> <laughs> they call us their aunt. I know. Which makes me smile. I really wonder if they got that because we called them our boys and if that just makes us sound like these old women who show up with like cookies. Also because one of them mentioned like going to visit their aunts so I'm like does she call she's like oh my boys are here. And I'm like damn it. Let's go to Sam's Club. (laughs) I used to go to Sam's Club. Leave me alone. Can we just take a moment to talk about these guys? I'm getting to them. (laughs) Let's all steal Courtney's thunder like we did last week. Yeah go for it. This is now. Oh I'm gonna put that in our chapters for the week. It's yes. gonna, before watch us the recommendation, it's going to be called Our Boys The Boys Sesh. 
The boys section. These are the Take 3 movie podcast guys. Love them. Go to Take3AMP.com right now. Take 3, the number 3 as they say. Yes. Also, this is like a really futuristic thing to tell you guys. Crazy. But there's a collab on the horizon. A collab on the horizon. What? What's that you see? You'll hear about it soon enough. Yes. And also soon enough, uh, they released their episode... As we're recording earlier today, they released it. However, we broke this episode, our recording, into bits, and they're just... I think they bugged our house. <laughs> they fucking <laughs> bugged our house! Why? Because we keep having the same they thing. They said... They mentioned Tusk! Oh, yeah, and that's right. And we already talked about Tusk. Like, earlier this week, we recorded our little bits with our questions, and I talked about Tusk, and then here comes Jordan talking about the worst movie <laughs> that Nick's ever shown him, and I was like, huh? Yeah, no, Anyways. I definitely think that they bugged our house. They did. That's <laughs> so, okay. I'll give you some more take three steps right now. Uh, So what I'm adding to my watch list ties to what I recommend, but I have been dying to Mm. see the movie The Thing for so long. It's the remake. It's from 2011, I believe, and the library doesn't have The Thing. I'm going to have to sacrifice $3 on Amazon (laughs) because The Thing is a remake. It's a John Carpenter remake. John Carpenter did the original. Uh They have an episode on Halloween. But also, they have an episode on what I recommend, which also stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She is in The Thing, and she is in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Wow. As we said a few weeks, months, whatever's ago, we discovered Take 3 AMP through the 10 Cloverfield Lane episode. They're now on season two. They have so many amazing, wonderful episodes. They just released Annihilation, and it was phenomenal. It makes me really want to rewatch that, because all that their reasons for saying, not all their reasons, but they were saying, like, I loved that I didn't know what what was going on I was like thank you because yeah. I did not know what was going on because I know that's why you two both were so lukewarm about it and Kimmy's like I didn't understand it yeah and I hate that <laughs> it makes me feel unsmart yeah stop fearing the unknown <laughs> I like when I don't know which way something goes like when mm-hmm. there's like there's an endless amount of possibilities but I don't like when they're like it's avant-garde bitch <laughs> Yeah, because I, I really liked what they had to say about Annihilation, especially, yeah. because the fact that I love that it's, their voices, so it's I love okay. their voices, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that it's Jordan's favorite movie ever, and it's something that is still so up to interpretation, is just mm-hmm. so cool like that. Yes. Um, and Nick has some amazing favorite movies as well. Yeah. yeah. And, yes, including Halloween, obviously, and John Carpenter did The Thing, and 10 Cloverfield Lane, the reason I recommended it this week uh, is because it feels so in line with this story of, like, a female badass being thrust into a situation where she is held captive and can't figure out what's going on. Ooh, what's truth and what's lies? And having to really just, oh, Kayleen, let's watch it, like, now. So, yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane, love it. That's what I recommend. Yeah, go listen to Take 3 and... (laughs) That they are so passionate about films when they speak to each other. It's, like... You guys are just so compassionate about your film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just talking to them face to face. Like, that is so admirable yeah. and lovely. It just makes my heart warm. And because they are, I mean, I guess just humans in general are like this, but like us too, where I'll be super passionate about something that you two are like, okay, Kayleen, or one of you will be super dispassionate about something that I'm like, I like that. And they often have that. I where was one li- of them is uh. stoked on something and the other one's like, yeah, it was good. But they're like, no, I'll die for this movie. I have to tell them, you are so commendable with disagreeing because it's just a giggle and a laugh. Whereas we're all very sensitive over here and we get really... <laughs> 
I'm yeah. like, if you tell me this movie's bad, it's because I'm stupid and you hate me. <laughs> so I think it's funny. They can just giggle at each They're other. They're very diplomatic. They really are. Yeah. Also, yeah. how dare you say that we're so smart because you guys always sound more articulate than I imagine us sounding. <laughs> Anyway, we love you, and now Kimmy needs to give us a watch list and a recommendation. Okay, so for my watch list ad, I would like to watch that movie Revenge from 2017. I think it's probably like a really similar plot in that it's a a woman who's wronged and um, she comes back for revenge. It's called revenge. I know. I think it's like really gory. It is. It's supposed to be really gory. It's supposed to be really, uh, you wince a lot. It sounds like indie horror where they're like, we'll do it. Yeah. We had no budget and no one's going to see this anyways. From what I've heard, really brutal stuff happens to her and then she brutally, uh, like gets revenge. Yeah, I want that. So the whole thing's really brutal. I don't want to see that. I want to see some people, some wrongdoers get fucked. (laughs) I want to see some wrongdoers get wronged. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then I guess for my uh, recommendation, I'm probably said enough thing, good things about this film, but Samara Weaving is in it. It's three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I thought Kayleen was going to scream in your face. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I was low-key scared it was going to be hers. That's oh, a Kayleen movie through and through them. <laughs> Samara Weaving has a small role in that, and she's yeah. just adorable in it. She She's in it for like a minute, and she's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the movie That's how you on the steal whole, a scene. That's how you yeah. steal a scene. The movie on the whole is just really well written. It's it's great. It's well acted. It deserved every accolade it mm-hmm. received and more that it didn't. And go read Martin McDonough plays. Yeah, seriously. He's yes. a great playwright. Oh, the pillow man. Not only a great director. Like, yeah. he's just so multi-talented. It's mm-hmm. great. Uh, so on my watch list, I'll, I'll have to tell you guys when I find out what it is, but I want to add whatever Courtney's feel-good movie is that I didn't get to unwrap yet. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I already know that God's Not Dead 2 is one of them, so I'm just dying to know what the other one is. If you want to watch it with me, I'm down whenever. Oh, okay. I might watch it this weekend. I'm down whenever. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's so cute that you want to, like, watch it now. Yeah, yeah we can watch it just tomorrow, Just because I'm, like, babe. it's giving me... I'm just so curious I'll as to what tomorrow. it's about. I think we'll I have time. Rollerblading. Yeah, I think I have time. That's what we do on the weekends, friends. <laughs> yeah, we're getting, like, a super good at it. I don't even need to hold Courtney's hand all the time anymore. <laughs> um... And then my recommendation is, you were close, but no, it's The Babysitter. Oh. So, starring Samara Weaving, it was the first thing I ever saw her in. I watched it on a whim with my boyfriend's little sisters. The little makes it sound like they're children who shouldn't be watching it, but they're barely younger than me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the three of us were all hanging out, and we decided to watch The Babysitter, and it's very much in the same vein of horror comedy. Mm-hmm. It goes really... This one is much more... It goes off the rails on purpose to show you yeah. how outlandish it can be. But she's a queen, and the cast is really funny, and uh, it's a it's a good old time. Recommend that. Alrighty, friends. Well, that is our last episode for round four. Wow. Damn. Oh my gosh, four That's rounds. That's a lot of episodes. Pew, That's crazy. Pew, four rounds. Pew pew. Yeah, um, this is random but cute. Um, Courtney, on my birthday, asked me to name three things that I was proud of in my, my past year of life, and then she said to make three goals for the future, and one of the goals was, I said, I want to make 30 more episodes of the podcast. Aww. Yeah. Well, that's totally doable. Exactly. I stole that from Broad City. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> the game, yeah. The game. Cool. 
Well, yeah, you can catch us next week for our wrap episode, wherein we we will discuss what we explained this round. Uh, we have each seen one of those movies that was explained unto us. and At least. At, at least, least, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to be a grand old time. Catch us then.